0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: Good morning. That was Mike Tirico. Didn't recognize all the hair there on (laughs) Tirico. Standing next to John Gruden, hoisting that Super Bowl trophy for the Bucs' one and only championship. Are they about to double their pleasure, in fact, the way the Chiefs did by doubling their pleasure by getting their second Super Bowl last year? It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The fellas are rocking out. It's a great Friday morning. In one minute... Why the Super Bowl in our small little world of sports is sort of like the society we're living in. Because because of the virus, things have gone from a want and a need. You want something, you need something in these times. Some things are a luxury, some things are a necessity. We've all found that out the hard way in 2020 and 2021. How that ties in to the biggest stars of Sunday's game in one minute but first, how you doing? And you were just Good saying, man. man, if we had a Pack Raymond James Stadium, people uh-huh. would start to realize Tampa fans are like Dallas fans and Green Bay fans and Pittsburgh fans and Giant fans. They are rabid.
2: Well, yeah, well, especially when you're winning, right? If if the Bucks were, if this was a regular year, obviously, and in the, the situation was different, and the Bucks were in the Super Bowl at home, it would obviously be a majority of Buck fans. They would pay whatever they need to pay to get, to get those tickets and get them taken care of. So. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm I'm excited to uh to get it going on Sunday to watch and see what they do. I was excited last night though. I had a chance to see Al Davis's thirty for thirty. That was pretty Ooh. you listened to you, my promos all throughout the week? Yeah, yeah I, I did it. actually. Yeah, but you know, you know how it is, uh Jay, you know the backstory to something, but when you actually physically see some of the stuff that you didn't see before or you didn't know. And you always learn something. And you always learn a whole you always learn a lot. But it was that's one that you know. I didn't. I didn't um, move from the couch at all, and it wasn't a lot of commercials. For whatever reason, it just felt like it wasn't a lot of commercials. A lot of limit. It was
1: limited interruptions, yes. which really means when you watch it in its totality, you're watching a lot more of the special than you do. I won't ruin it. Key and I were talking about it. Yeah, I you won't can, ruin it. You, <laughs> even though it was like forty years old, you kind of know everything that happened, so we won't ruin the spoilers. He was even though ruthless no though. <laughs>
2: I mess with him. Man, Man, I mess with him. You're talking about Al Davis. Al Davis. I mess with Al Davis. I can use some other words, but I think some people know what I'm saying. But if you watch it, you'll notice that Al Davis,
1: who has long since passed, he kind of shows up. In Las Vegas, of all places, I mean, he. I thought you wasn't gonna ruin it.
3: (laughs) But Zubin, you know, Vegas is that spot. I mean, that's that's where that's where things are made to happen for people that can make it happen. Man, I'm telling
2: you, I'm telling you, when they open that stadium, when to the fans, that thing gonna be crazy. Mm -hmm. And and uh, allegedly, this is I haven't. This is not. Uh I don't Uh know. I don't know if it's Uh factual or not. But (laughs) as you know. In certain stadiums, there's clubs in oh, stadiums no. nowadays. Mm-hmm. So apparently, the rumor is that there may be a club inside of the new Raider stadium.
1: Inside of the Stadium.
2: The Stadium. I've, there is a club that you have to be 21 and over to get in. And you may see, miss the game as you watch what else is going on in that see, particular club. But, kid, that,
3: that, that's that's smart. I mean, that's brilliant. I always wonder why in Vegas they don't have those uh, – that uh, club in the airports. I mean, think about how many people would miss their flights. How many people would be rebooking <laughs> like, yo, the- I got to get
2: on that later flight. I can't make it. They missed their flights on the slot machines in Vegas. And they, they are at McCarran. The yes. slot machines yes, are, are at McCarron. I've seen people literally miss like people that I've been with. Like, dude, what are you doing? Oh man, I forgot it. I was trying to get my last. Like, dude, you, you lost everything in the casino. Well, that's a cold game though. Right there. You walk, you lose everything in a casino Whatever little bit you got left, they're going to get it before you get on the play.
1: <laughs> last thing I would say about Al Davis and Vegas, when the stadium does open, hopefully a year from now they will have completed one full year. Who knows what yeah. the case would be. If you ever find yourself out there, and you've seen it on television when they show the Raider games, you mentioned Al, or I guess I did, superimposed showing up last night. There's I thought an you ed- wasn't telling everything. <laughs> yeah, so man, Once you it. let it out of the bag, no there's an eternal flame that actually flies at Allegiant yeah. Stadium. Uh, in memory of Al Davis, so twenty four seven three sixty five because he was the ultimate maverick. L. A. Oakland, L. A. Las Vegas. There is actually right. He, hold on, I'm
2: I'm just this story's out there. He fleeced <laughs> Irwindale for ten million dollars. That's mm. a that's a town. Yes, Irwindale, California is fifteen miles outside of Los and, uh, outside of downtown L. A. So he the story's out there. So I'm gonna say it anyway. So he went to them to talk about moving from the L.A. Coliseum to Irwindale to build a new stadium in a, a, in a pit. They gave him a guaranteed $10 million in the negotiations. He didn't return it back to him. <laughs> I was like, man, this dude is something else. But it was just, I, I messed with him. It's he, probably,
3: he probably got that tax abatement, too, for like 30 years.
1: Yeah, he was a brilliant man. Remember, he was mm-hmm. once the—people don't realize this because he's so old. He was once the coach of the Raiders yeah. at the age of yeah. 34. He found John Madden, just win, baby. That's him. He's he, much he more hired, than an owner.
2: He hired the first minority— Head coach in the National Football League in Tom Flores. Yep. And he then was,
1: remember Archell, wow. African American. Yes. Flores, Hispanic American. Yep. Archell, African American. Amy Trask, yep. Amy. highest ranking female executive yep. in the NFL for a long time. All Al Davis people. Not a He was a
2: wild boy, though, but, you know, that's what it is.
1: Speaking of wild, here's a wild <laughs> question for you because the fellas and I were talking about this and the crew, we were all talking about this, and we all had disparate answers, and it's our question this morning. And when you call us this morning, 888 ESP espn 888-729-3776, take your shot and give us your Super Bowl prediction as well. But we really want to know whose legacy would be the most impacted with a Super Bowl win on Sunday. And that's this is where I'm talking about the want and the need. Fellas, let's get your thoughts on this. Somebody could want to get that win on Sunday to burnish their legacy, mm-hmm. to further cement their legacy. And then... There's people that need a win because their legacy is not yet secure or great. Mahomes and Brady are in one category. Everybody else seemingly is in another. Maybe even Andy Reid, depending on where you want to go. So, want and a need. Who needs it? Who wants it? Whose legacy key would be the most impacted with a win on Super Bowl Sunday?
2: Well, you talked about those other three guys, right? And in, in Tom Brady, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes is continuing to build his legacy. He's not done yet, but I'm, I am forecasting the future. I think he'll be fine. I think it's Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians has been a coach in this league as an interim head coach who won a Super Bowl as an assistant head coach at Pittsburgh. He's been in multiple playoff games. He's tutored a number of quarterbacks under his uh, guidance. But in order for him to get into that partic- particular conversation of, is he a Hall of Fame coach, mm-hmm. he needs to get the Super Bowl in his resume. I mean, he resurrected the Arizona Cardinals, which – for the most part, has always been like this win some games, then die for 15 years, need a coach to give him a post. He went in there, he did that, then he decided to retire. Mm-hmm. He's come back to do the same thing sort of to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On top of that, Jay, he's big in the minority space, whether it's hiring women, hiring blacks, whatever the case may be, he does that, he empowers people. So when you package all that up, that I just said, plus a Super Bowl win, now you can kind of start to talk about him in that breath of, is he a Hall of Fame coach? Is he a Hall of Fame coach? Outside of that, I don't think you will at all.
3: I love Bruce Arians. Love him for what he brings to the table from a diversity perspective. But Bruce Arians' name is not swirling around this tornado talk of being the greatest of all time. Like, that that's Patrick Mahomes. How many current starter quarterbacks are there in the NFL that have won two Super Bowls or more? There's two, right? Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the youngest quarterback to win two Super Bowls at the age of 26 years old when he did it. Patrick Mahomes has a chance to surpass that. we're, we're, We're talking about Patrick Mahomes in the greatest of all time conversations. If he's able to get two Super Bowl rings at the age of 25, and be undefeated in the Super Bowl, I think that elevates his legacy yeah. to a completely different stratosphere.
2: It it, it does, but he has time. B.A. doesn't have much. But so does B.A.? No, how old is B.A.? He doesn't have 68. much. Yeah, 68 years old. Okay. It's not, I mean, look, we not get rid of him, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's, hard. Out it's hard to get to a Super Bowl and win it. Patrick Mahomes has another 15 years yes. to try and do that where I don't know that Coach Arians has another 15 years to win a Super Bowl.
1: I'm going to give you one quick one. I'll say Travis Kelsey because you're talking about the GOAT of quarterbacks. Travis Kelsey's has had the two best receiving seasons ever by a tight end. He gets two more or maybe one more and one more chip. You're talking about him being the GOAT. We're talking about GOAT of quarterbacks. He has a chance with the other GOAT standing on the other side of the field with Gronk. Kelsey wins. He might be the GOAT of his own position, burnishing his legend, catching passes from the guy Jay is choosing. On the way, the one big difference between, as Jay said, Mahomes And Brady, it's a wide difference, and it's not the number of Lombardis each has Mm. at the moment. The goal was 45. The goal has now been stretched.
2: Tom Brady at 45, 46, 47 years old is not going to be that same guy at 30. He's not showing me any slowing down. This
0: is Super Week 2021 with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio.
2: Tom is 43 years old, and he's playing in his 10th Super Bowl.
5: (laughs) He looks younger than ever before. He talked about playing to age 45 and beyond.
3: I would definitely consider that. You never know, kind of when you know that moment is. And again, it has to be 100% commitment from myself to keep doing it.
1: I think if there's one guy I'm not concerned about with 100% commitment on the Bucks, it's Tom Brady. It's everybody else. I'm not worried about Tom Brady. Keyshawn, Jay Willens, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. We want you to be a guest on the phone line at 888-SAY-ESPN by answering whose legacy would be impacted the most with the Super Bowl win. Key went with Arians. Jay went with Mahomes. I went with Kelsey. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. You,
2: you, you, yeah, yours is interesting, though, to me. Because here's
1: here's my thought. Let's say he's another two great seasons. I'll make it real quick. He's already got the other two great seasons in tight end lore, right? The best yes. two seasons that any tight end has had in terms of yards and catches. Understanding they're throwing now more to the tight end before it used to be a blocking position. He's got two give them two is there any other position in the nfl where the top guy at that position has the four best seasons quarterbacks are spread running backs are spread even Mm. defenses guys that have sacks are spread but it would be kelsey 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 and at least two rings if they win on sunday that would be really hard for anybody to top even no
2: no, it's it's just because when i start to look at I know Tony Gonzalez doesn't have a ring, right?
1: But he's got all the numbers. He's got all longevity. the numbers. But then I start looking. At,
2: I start looking at Shannon Sharp, obviously Ozzie Newsome. I just start thinking about John Mackey, uh, way long time ago for what little history I know. Coach Ditka, um, you know Kellen Winslow. I just start thinking about mm-hmm. some of the tight ends that you put him up there with. And I'm like, yeah, I guess he, mm-hmm. I guess he would be. You know, it, but I don't know. Do you is it, it, Do you consider a tie to hit the goat though? Yeah, I mean,
3: that's, I, the the that's the only question. Is that is that position yeah, as that sexy position? as a quarterback or the? No, it's not position? as
2: sexy as a quarterback. But it's do not, you yeah. do you consider it a goat position? But it's morphing. OK,
1: right. It used to be I need a big burly guy. Hayden Fry stand up on the line of scrimmage and block. Now I hey, want you Hayden to run. Fry. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. The old stand up. Yeah. I, I want you to. Now I want you to run. I mean, because Kelsey, if you looked at Kelsey's numbers, you'd be like, well, that's pretty good for a wide out.
2: <laughs> he's well, not course. a tight end. He yeah. has yeah. wide yeah.
1: receiver numbers at the tight end. But, position.
2: But those are out there will argue with you it's a passing lead now, so his numbers would be, what if, you know how that goes, right. well, what if you threw the ball to this tight then back in the day as much as you throw it to Kelsey, right. would he be the same? Right. You know, so but no, Kelsey's ridiculous, though.
1: No, he's ridiculous. Here's a ridiculous fact. There obviously is an 18-year age gap between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Yesterday, a great piece of the Washington Post. I'll give him a shout-out. They spoke to the dietitians of both teams. And for Tom, I think we all know his diet. It's been well-known, so it's been an extension of that. And the Chiefs dietitian said, Patrick is 25, so nothing's off-limit. And believe it or not, he eats more than just ketchup, which I thought was a pretty good line. He puts ketchup on everything. It was a good line. Explain to me your pregame meal. And get, take me inside it's it's our Friday, like you mentioned to us yesterday. We're not in the air tomorrow, so we're not going to be on the eve of the game. But this is the last time we're all You can work if you beat. want to. What's that? You can work <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> I think Jay's working tonight. Jay's, Jay's, I Jay, am working. Jay's already got his beat. Um, but it's one of those things where take me inside like the pregame meal, what you do, do you eat, do you have pangs in the stomach, and then the night before a game, a Saturday night before a Sunday Super Bowl, a Sunday night before an NCAA Monday championship for Jay. Take us, me, the listeners, into places that you guys have been and we could only wish to be put us there.
2: I just got chills in my body thinking about it. Um The night before the night before the Super Bowl for me, you know, after after my team meeting and whatnot, uh, you know, I just hung out in the lobby with some friends that was there. They could actually come to the hotel. We were not in a pandemic, so they could come to the hotel and hang out. We just sat and we just talked and messed around and it was time for curfew. Uh, I just went back to down the hall, um, you know, turned on the TV a little bit, started watching television, and then I turned to the Australian Open. And so I watched the finals of the Australian Open. And when that was over with, I had a rooting interest in the Australian Open at the time. And so when that was over, I couldn't sleep. Who are you rooting for real quick? Serena Williams. Gotcha, okay. Um, I wasn't, uh, I couldn't sleep. And so I'm like, what the hell do I do? I'm just up, you know, just thinking, playing uh, in my mind, the plays, going over everything. Then I went into the hallway. And once I went into the hallway, our hotel has security guards at both ends, you know, the exits on both ends as well as in the middle where the uh, elevators are. So I just went down there, grabbed a chair, and I sat and and talked to the security guards for about four hours, man, (laughs) four or five hours until the sun started coming up. I didn't go to sleep at all. No sleep, no nothing. Talked to them about four or five hours, and then it was time for our morning meeting and get ready for pregame meal. I didn't eat anything. I just was waiting for us to get on the bus to go to the stadium. My nerves and stress level was so high, Mm -hmm. and that's the way it was for me every single game, even in the regular season. Mm -hmm. Like, I would not sleep the night before games. Early in my career, my roommate, Chris Hayes, hated me because – he would try to sleep, and I would be up on the – remember the little uh, DVD kind of like players they used to give us, yeah, Jay, yeah, and you exactly. flip it up? Yep. I would be up all night long Looking watching the film over and over and over and over to the point where he had to go to Parcells and then be like, I can't room with this dude. I can't sleep. <laughs> and that's how I was. And, you know, I just was – I needed to get to the stadium early. It was That was my routine. No food, no nothing. I couldn't eat.
3: Well, I think that's the word, right, Key? It's the routine, the level of consistency that you do something that gets you in that state of mind to play. So for me, the night before, it was always having something light to eat. If that was fish, if that was vegetables, whatever it was, because I always loaded up on carbs in that pregame meal where I had chicken cutlets and I had pasta, right? Just I, Now, granted, I stopped playing when I was younger. I assume that would change if, as you got older throughout the course of your career. But for me, it was always about I had to find something that got me angrier about my opponent. So I will always, you know, go online, search for different things. I would get tape, you know, on the DVD, same thing that you just mentioned to watch about tendencies that for us, we had to go against, I had to go against agent zero in the national championship game, Gilbert arenas, who was a a bad boy when he played in the league. And was also, but he had a shoulder injury while he played. So I went back and I watched tape about when he injured that shoulder, Richard Jefferson was on that team. So I was like, okay, I had to attack that shoulder all the time. How am I going to hit that shoulder? And then I always came down like my good luck charm key. I always had to have a Corona the night before the game. <laughs> I, I don't care what anybody says. I was going to down a Corona. That was my good luck charm. It. It, Why? Well, just because it eased me off. It took, it. A, it took a little bit of the edge off from me being neurotic about all the details. Right. It just helped me take a second and pause.
2: Yeah. I just the, the stress level. It was it, for me. I was so detailed at trying to my craft and, and trying to get an edge on my opponent. So I watched film ridiculously to my eyes would pop out my head. I couldn't sleep. I would go to trainers and get ambient, which is a uh, uh you know, you you take it as You had to pill. take an ambient to sleep. And wouldn't go to sleep though. What? Would cuz I could I might fall asleep for 30 minutes Jay and bam, I'm right back up cuz I just couldn't sleep. So I you couldn't do it. My you, whole wow. entire, oh. my whole entire damn career. Every single Saturday or Sunday or Wednesday, when we played a game, I could not sleep.
3: But see, Zubin, that's the level of stress that a lot of these guys have. I mean, like the, the angst that comes Couldn't into a sleep. game like this is off the charts.
1: That's incredible, the way you guys took us inside there. We're just watching games, and we're just thinking, hey – we got pressure because we got five bucks on the game. And the way you guys do it, Key's the kind of guy that would take a Tylenol and his headache gets worse. It's unbelievable. <laughs> i mean, just like, <laughs> I don't understand how that works. Interesting with the ambient, though. No ambient here. Wake up, everybody. Here's the question. We want to know next whose legacy would be impacted the most with the win on Super Bowl Sunday? Pick one guy or a coach or something else on one of these two teams. Want to hear from you plus your prediction. 888 say ESPN. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Super week on ESPN radio brought to you by AutoZone. Again, whose legacy has helped the most and who wins? 888 say ESPN.
5: Super Bowl championship and Super Bowl MVP. What can you possibly do to top
0: this? Win another one. If they win the title with this offensive line, you could put them in the argument of being the greatest of all time.
5: by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-EBikes.com.
4: And James with another assist, throwing the back door to Taylor Horton Tucker for an uncontested layup. Now a foul called on the Lakers to stop the clock and get LeBron James out of the game. So LeBron will exit with a triple-double 27 points 10 rebounds 10 assists it is his second triple double this season in his 95th career
1: wow 95th career that's sean kelly on espn radio the lakers were down double digits at the break and then they won by double digits cruising to a win over the nuggets 114 93 by the way with all those triple doubles you heard him Sean, 90 plus. LeBron, who 30 plus. Unbelievable. LeBron sounded off and said the idea to have an all-star game on March 7th in the ATL is crazy. LeBron said he doesn't want to play it. He doesn't understand why this is being done. He's barely had an offseason. And now to play another game that has no bearing on anything doesn't make any sense. The King is powerful, but not powerful enough with his words to make this game not happen. It's going down. The NBA and the Players Association agree. March 7th in the ATL, the NBA will go in a midseason, quote unquote, midseason break March 5th to 10th. Black History Month. Black History always. Today we honor the all-black officiating crew to work Week 11's Monday Night Football game on ESPN between the Rams. The Rams. And the Bucks, incredible gesture, great idea, universally lauded. If you're watching on television on ESPN2, you're seeing the men pose for a picture for posterity, a first in NFL history. The league did hire Burl Toller, the first black official in any major sports league back in 1965. And by the way, I remember watching the game with Steve Levy and the gang. They did honor him when that game was played in late 2020. And Sports Center is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Spend your tax return wisely. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for $199. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk text and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune in to Straight Talk.
0: Super Bowl championship and Super Bowl MVP. What can you possibly do to top this? Win another one. The you know, greatest to me in any sport is how you make people around you better. If they win the title with this offensive line, you could put them in the argument of being the greatest of all time. When we went into the season, we weren't talking about going to the Super Bowl. We were talking about winning it again. We're trying to run it back.
1: It's funny there. You heard Patrick Mahomes at the beginning and the end. And in the middle, you heard our front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum. He likes to use the uh, term force multiplier. In other words, you walk into a room and you make everything better by your sheer force. And I think that's the perfect way to describe Patrick Mahomes. Through the sheer force of will and talent, the Chiefs championships are multiplying. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. Again, Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home. And car insurance. We heard from the fellas, now we want to hear from you, the fellas on the phone line and the ladies of course. We'll take it from everyone. The question this morning, whose legacy would be impacted the most with the Super Bowl win? Key went with Arians, Jay went with Mahomes, I went with Kelsey. Let's hear from you. Let's try to rip through as many of these as we can. We're jammed on the phone lines. John in Birmingham is on ESPN Radio. John, what do you say? And what a up, prediction.
0: John? And a prediction. Hey. hey, what's going on fellas? Love the show, man. Listen to y'all every morning when I get up for work. Appreciate
2: it, Thanks, man. Thanks, brother. Hey, we need uh, that support.
0: You're welcome. Hey, uh, I, I definitely agree with uh, Jay on this one. I think Patrick Mahomes, uh, when you talk about uh, football, man, you think about the quarterback position. And Tom Brady has multiple championships already. What else can he really do to cement his legacy? So I, I really think it's Patrick Mahomes whose legacy will uh, definitely be impacted if he wins another one.
2: Yeah, I think everybody, you know, Jay's right. There's no wrong answer here. Mahomes is – Mahomes is going – he's got 15 years to play. So it's not – he's got time. You know, Brady's done. Uh, Andy Reid is done. They're all going to the degree into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I just think that Bruce Arian's situation is such that he's been a dynamic assistant coach, he's been good as a head coach, and this one will be the cherry on the top if he could somehow – get that W.
3: Okay, all I'm saying is there was something, you know, the reason why nobody could ever surpass Michael Jordan, and I think it's wrong, because I think LeBron is, in my opinion, but people always say, he's undefeated. So, like, I I go, and I think about Patrick Mahomes, if he wins this one, he starts to create that narrative of being undefeated Yeah. once he gets to Super Bowls. Like, that creates a different type of air. That's all I'm saying.
1: I agree Montana had the same thing. 4 and 0 in the Super Bowl to go to that particular sport. John, I I wish we could have gotten your prediction, but l- remember fellas if you can just on the way out the door just tell us who wins and why. I got to go to Ron in Spokane because right now it's 3:38 in the morning in Spokane, Ooh, Washington. The Commitment Soup and I love it. Love it Ron in Spokane, you're on ESPN Radio. Whose legacy is on the line most and give us a uh, give us a prediction.
4: Okay, I just want to say, hey, uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. You guys are so diverse. And you break things down. I just like, uh, I like your guys' format. It's awesome. Appreciate. it. Anyway, that. my my thing is, I think Brady, his, he gets enhanced even more because he does this without Belichick, for one, and for two, he does it with another team, and I think that cements him even further beyond. That makes it hard for Patrick. Mahomes and he and Mahomes will get to another Super Bowl. He's young, and he's gonna he's gonna tear up the record books. But I think it makes it makes it hard for anybody to catch what Brady's done at that point, and even at this point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, good but call. What's your prediction? prediction? Yeah, go ahead. My prediction is this: if you look at the last game they played, the Bucks shut the Chiefs down three quarters. Chiefs put up a bunch of points in the first quarter, and the Bucks, I think they caught on to a way of slowing them down. My prediction is the Bucks. And it's going to be close. I'm going to say 31-27 or somewhere right in there. Perfect. If uh, I could say yeah. one more thing. Sure. The Rams, they took on Joe Namath with, with, with knee braces. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the other extreme of that was, was uh, John Elway. Two Super Bowl wins finally, and he quits and ends it. I'd like to see, I'd like to see uh, Brady go out that way, like Elway. That was one of your questions earlier in the week. And the other thing I got to say is the Rams I, I think they screwed up taking Matthew Stafford. He had he had twenty eight touchdowns and in, in ten interceptions, and you got Goff with twenty touchdowns and in thirteen interceptions. It's not an upgrade. And Goff's problem is he suffers from Chris or Jim Everett's disease. The, the Rams old quarterback. <laughs> well, he got shell shock. He got shell shock and and that's what Goff's problem is right now, is he takes his eyes away from downfield, and even if you've seen in that Seattle game, he just, and even in the Green Bay game, he runs right into the defenders because he's not looking downfield. He's just trying to get away. <laughs> you know? Good
1: stuff. Good stuff. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, we'll,
2: we'll have Teddy Bruski on in about 50 minutes to address the staff, Matthew Stafford situation. And shout to, out to Jim
1: Rome on the uh, Chris England. Everett, Jim Everett. Well oh, done, yeah. Ron and Spokane. <laughs> Tight win for Gonzaga, by the way, last. Night. I had to rally against Pacific. I'm sure Ron's all over there. But he, you he
2: is, you know, Zubin, he's right about Brady continuing to build, you know, build levels on the floor to the point where nobody will be able to catch him. He's continuing to stack the deck. As far as retiring, man, retire when you're ready to retire. Yeah, Go out when you're ready to go out just because – some others have done it and done a terrific job at doing it. Those dudes are at the end. Tom Brady's not at the end yet.
1: So, Jay, here are the numbers. We asked uh, the fellas and the ladies on the, on the Twitter poll, so if you can't call in like Ron in Spokane, John in Birmingham. Right now, early returns, let's see, 36.9% have gone Brady. Mm. 26.8% have gone Mahomes. And I think I'm the only person that went to Kelsey. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. So we'll How about for Arians?
3: Point. What about for Arians?
1: What it was, Ed, do you have anything on Arians I think there? It was was 30, way I saw, behind? I
2: saw 36% for Bruce. Arians.
1: Oh, 19%. 19.6%. But Brady leading the pack. Andy Reid up there. At 16.7%, over 1,000 people have weighed in on our Twitter feed. And we'll continue to take your calls this morning, 888, say ESPN. A reminder, when you gift a year of ESPN+, Plus, you're given thousands of live events, exclusive originals, the full 30 for 30 library and more. Surprise a sports fan in your life at the year of ESPN+. Plus. Visit ESPNplus.com slash gift a year for more details. You know what's on ESPN+, Plus streaming every day, noon to 2. Bart and Han. And here comes Bart. And he joins us this morning. Where's Bart? The right
3: habitual right line right here, stepper, bro, as we exactly, call him. What up, Bart? Exactly. It's like the Jerry Judy interview.
1: There you know was so saying? much dead I'm air. I didn't know what was going side. on there. Oh, for no. A oh, man. <laughs> what
0: happened with that yesterday, Bart? I don't know. He was on some lean or something. I don't know. What man, stop, geez. man. Stop, Stop, stop. Bart, stop. Okay. Sipping on some scissor? No. no he,
2: he, I blame his publicists or whatever PR people for allowing that to take place.
0: Man, I gave him the softest landing ever, man. I was like, you know, you know, when you got to apologize to your office, I wish we had to drop. We are all now dumber as listening to you talk, but oh. I couldn't find it.
2: Bart, so okay, all right, stop. All right. Pro athlete, Bart. Pro yeah, athlete. yeah, man, leave all it alone, all right, all right. man. Come he, on now. He,
0: he, all right, he had a tough day, man. It's okay. Sorry. We all been there. Super
2: Bowl, all right. Super Bowl is this Sunday. Bart, who are you looking forward to watching? What's that matchup? You paying attention to?
0: Well, for me, it's um, Devin White, Levante David versus Kelsey because I'm trying to figure out how they're going to bracket him and be able to do that. You know, I think they have two of the most outstanding inside linebackers that, you know, aren't liabilities in pass coverage. You saw what he was able to do against um, the Saints when they were going against Cook, who's a very talented Uh, pass catching tight end with a huge catch radius, the ability to get open and run routes. You know, are they going to hit him at the line of scrimmage, bracket him inside, outside, and allow those safeties to stay deep because they have to throw the timing off. And to do that, they got to be physical at the line of scrimmage. You know, using JPP, widen out to maybe hit him on the bump of the line. And what we call and what we used to do, we use it as a U game. You bump Kelsey at the line of scrimmage, the defensive tackle gets up the field, and it turns into a natural game.
2: Less than you thought, Key. Uh, yeah, a little bit. i put you on the stopwatch. You're good. Next question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you got the Dave Chappelle wrap it up, B, son? <laughs>
2: I, I had it on my phone. I was like, let me get you going. Um, what What do you make of the way things have played out for Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, given the fact that he got there in the offseason? There was no, no real mini camps, OTAs, a truncated training camp. And here he is getting ready to – possibly win his seventh Super Bowl with a team that he just landed to? Well,
0: I think he did a tremendous job in basically trying to bring these guys together. We saw the ups and downs this season when they were trying to get on the same page, Bruce Arians, um, no risky, no bisky versus Tom, you know, uh, slicing and dicing, you know, know, being able to kind of, you know, take what the defense gives them, but then still offer what Bruce Arians wants, which is taking shot plays. I think, you know, Tom Brady put the ball up up for grabs a little bit more this year. He he pushed the ball down the field. And sometimes it results in bad plays, you know, miscommunications, interceptions. But, you know, the byproduct of being able to get those explosive easy scores allowed them to get up. And once they get up a couple scores and, you know, they're able to dictate to the opposing offense because now that defense is outstanding. They make you one-dimensional in JPP. And Barrett's has done a tremendous job. And they're starting to come together at the right time. And Tom understood that I think when they had the bye week was when they kind of, you know, had that, that meeting where they decided this is how we're going to play. And I think they finally found what's the best personnel group that they have. And I love when they go with the 12 personnel and go with two tight ends because I think it offers the best of both worlds and it forces the opposing defense to try and figure out how they're going to match up with pass catching and very capable tight ends with two explosive receivers on the outside.
3: Bart I'm gonna need you to bring some energy to the table um yesterday we had legendary coach on our show Dick Vermill. oh yeah and he made some comments oh yeah about the Sean Watson we're gonna play the sound and then I'm curious to hear your opinion on the back end
4: well I'm, I'm a little disappointed to be honest with you because you know the image that he has presented coming out of college and through the draft and through his career so far and uh Houston has been so positive, so positive. And I don't think this approach really reflects what he has presented over the past few years. So I'm disappointed, you know, and I just don't think we can, anybody, whether it be that football team or the other 31 teams, start allowing players to step in and make decisions who runs them, who coaches them, and all these kinds of things. And I used to ask players about coaches and stuff like that that they had uh, worked for on other teams and that kind of stuff just to get insight, but not to, uh, and actually to add to my education and knowledge about people, but to uh, get to the point where you're sort of demanding uh, you want to say, I I think is beyond the NFL players' contract.
3: Mark?
0: Well, what, what is beyond his contract? This is the ultimate get-off-my-lawn type of dude. Like, he has to understand, man, that evolution is happening and the athlete now is responsible not only for, you know, what, he, what he's able to do, but he makes other people money as well. Look at what his impact is in the Houston area. We know when LeBron James left Cleveland how much money he provided for downtown Cleveland. And, then listen, this is what I don't get. You know everybody seems to have a comment on Deshaun Watson what he wants to do and what his wishes are. You know he's trying to say I want to take control of my uh, my narrative. I believe that this is a dysfunctional organization that let Bill O'Brien run it into the ground and I'm not going to stay around in my prime years. I mean it was negligent what they were doing to him his first couple of years when he was getting beat down cuz they couldn't protect him at the offensive line. But you know Dick Vermeil is outraged and he has a comment on it, but I haven't heard anybody Anybody have a comment on Matthew Stafford deciding to say, guess what? I'm done here in Detroit. Nobody, everybody wished him well and let him off. I wonder what's the difference. You know, Everybody has something to do when the African-American quarterback says, hey, I want to get up and I want to leave. I want to take control of my narrative. You know, you guys made promises to me. I want to leave. Everybody has a problem with it. Everybody has a comment. I haven't heard anybody. Matthew Stafford asked to be released, and his wishes were granted within two weeks. Deshaun Watson is the same. Everybody has an issue with the African American quarterback deciding to say, "Hey, I want to leave." I wonder what the difference is. I know what the difference is. I wonder if Dick Vermeil understands his un- unknown bias.
1: We always have that—that that subconscious bias, that sort of uh, thing that we don't think is there, but is always there because it shapes all of us and everything we do, not just in sports opinions, but in life.
3: No, you... Man, I was—I was going was to say this too, Key. Like nobody, like, I just want to understand. Like I know Bill O'Brien is an Alabama assistant coach now, but he hasn't said anything. Uh, I've heard anybody from the organization say anything. I think that's the one thing I, I wish I would hear from Deshaun. Uh, Deshaun is just about like, what got it to this point? Because I, I think before you can say you're disappointed, you need to understand contextually, how did it get to this point before you can make a comment on saying, I'm disappointed by it.
2: Well, I think Bart and, 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 and uh, Z and, and J, we had Rick Smith on a couple weeks ago, and he kind of, He's a, the general manager, former general manager of Houston, Texas, who drafted Deshaun Watson. And so he kind of gave us a little bit of insight how it got to where it is today. And you hit, you hit it right, uh, Bart, about the, the, the praise of Matthew Stafford being able to kind of orchestrate his move from a Detroit team that he had been at for 12 years and hadn't won at all and realized, you know what, I can't continue to stay there. I need to move. So you are correct. There's been no noise about that. That's because though, he's liked. Right? They they the, the story is is you've been buried in Detroit. You've been a stand up guy for so many years. We feel bad for you. Now we now you have the opportunity to go win a championship Keith, with a Keith. better team. And they want to change. As I mentioned to Rick Smith a couple weeks ago, uh, Bart, is this narrative about? Deshaun Watson was come mean. We were going to start to hear the negative responses from people about Deshaun. It's a, it's, it's the way it always goes. It's no, he's not Don't say anything. The moment that he starts to say something, then it's going to switch and people are going to look at it as a negative. I mean, look, look, look at what happened in Detroit. They got worse to grant his wish. They're
0: not a better team with Jared Goff. They took a, a broken quarterback that they had to give the, the answers to the test before the damn play, and the coach got tired of it. And they gladly took that contract and brought him over to grant his wish. Now watch what happens in a couple of weeks when J.J. Watt, you know, Captain America says, hey, you know what, I don't want to spend my last year here. I want an opportunity to go win <laughs> a championship. A <laughs> watch what they do with that. They're going to roll out the red carpet. They're going to give him a parade and everybody's going to applaud and thank him for his services. But when the African-American quarterback kind of says, hey, I want out, you know, the CEO of a a company, they have an issue with that. You know, and listen, people don't understand their bias sometimes and they're outraged, but all I'm saying is if you're going to have that same, that energy for Deshaun Watson, have that same energy for Matthew Stafford, have that same energy for Aaron Rodgers, who was saying it's a beautiful mystery.
2: Let me ask you this let, before we let you go. Give me a prediction of Super Bowl 55. Who wins and why? It's, it's, it's
0: crazy for me, man. I wonder what intel was gathered when you think about what happened in the first game. You talk about using people's learning against you. Um, I think that Tampa is going to squeak it out. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be a co- to- close game. I think it's going to be um, 31-27.
1: And I know throughout the course of the day, all of our folks are putting together all the predictions from all of our analysts, and you can find that later today on ESPN.com if you're out there listening. From all of our NFL folks, Bart giving his prediction early this morning. Tons more to come later online. Bart, all have right,
0: a- Dick Nick. <laughs> all right, Smoke.
3: Darkness, everybody. Darkness. <laughs> all right, B. Scott.
1: Bar Scott keeping it real. The only way he knows how to do it. Great points there, especially on Matthew Stafford. And we'll wait I to didn't see. Even, you
2: know, I didn't yeah. even. Great think point. Of, I didn't even think about the Matthew Stafford. See, I was focused in on Elway Manning. You know, the trades, those sort of things. But I never even thought about the Matthew Stafford and thing. And the
1: ultimate, juxta- yeah, good, exactly,
3: Zubin. Business is business, guys. And business the ultimate is business
1: juxtaposition. If he, if he is right about what happens to JJ Watt, and we're getting the same. Uh, team with two completely divergent ways of treating guys, that is going to cause something. Let's see if it happens hmm. to Captain America, which Key got a little bit of a...
2: Captain America. <laughs>
1: Patrick's in California. I, I've, I've been doing this show long enough, so Key probably wants to know where you're calling from in California. Hey. Thank you. I've been paying attention. I let me hold on.
2: Patrick in California.
4: Oh, here He's comes one calling
2: from Central California.
4: I'm calling from Roseville, California. Man, your show is awesome. So where, where, where's Roseville?
2: Where's it at in California?
4: It's we're about maybe thirty thirty minutes north of Roseville. I mean, of Sacramento.
2: Okay, so you're a little further north. So, okay,
4: yeah. So uh, yes, north where of where I live, Sacramento. Kid. I went. I was a Viking. So my school was the home of Danny Buns, and then right across was Teddy Brewski with Roseville. Great stuff. Tiger.
1: Brewski's Tiger. going to join us this morning at 7:30. We got to run, we got a half minute. You're just up against it. I know we want to hear from you. Uh you say Mahomes. Give us your quick Super Bowl prediction. We'd love to just get you on the record. Uh
0: I'm 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 going to go uh with what I've really. Uh, I think it's going to be 27-24 Kansas City.
1: 2724 oh. Kansas City and he helped me with the promo because his guy <laughs> Teddy Brewski is going to be with us this morning at 7:30 Eastern. So he's going 2724 Kansas City and Jay Bart's going uh, Bucks going to Sweaker.
3: I'm just laughing at Key. the guy's like, "Yeah, I'm like 30 minutes north of Sacramento." The key's like, "Yeah, so you're north."
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, cuz I'm from the south, you uh. fool. We'll be nice to each other at the top of the hour.